With the emergence of the COVID pandemic and the disruption that has followed, organizations have needed to be agile in how they respond. One way that Jacobs is taking action to the crisis is through the innovative evolution of its ION Industrial Internet of Things platform to serve as a worksite contact tracing application. Welcome to If When, Jacobs' series of interviews exploring the world of emerging technologies. I'm Paul Teese, your host, and in this episode of If When, I spoke with Sean Summer, Jacobs' Vice President, Advanced Facilities, Dennis Miller, Jacobs' Division Vice President, Advanced Connected Enterprise Solutions, and Micah Kreider, ION Project Manager, to better understand how the ION platform is being leveraged to promote greater worksite safety. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today, and we're going to be talking about uh, our ION product and uh, the internet, industrial internet of things, uh, especially in light of COVID-19. So, Sean, uh, to start our conversation, I wanted to first ask you, what are some of the biggest hurdles that construction and other industries face with return to work efforts in light of COVID-19? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, what I would tell you is it's been very difficult uh, because all of these industries have had to go to work. Uh, A lot of people have been putting themselves in harm's way and trying to help progress whatever projects that they've been working on and it's been it's it's been a tough road i mean so in the beginning we we were you know kind of allowing people to just you know do verbal kind of contact tracing where that is just not going to be reliable and it's it it, it really hurts the people that are trying to go to work because basically what we would have is a you know uh, I, I guess a um, underconfidence in the system, if you will, where people in the past, the analogy I always use is 9-11. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, you just didn't have confidence in flying, how, like, how do we get that confidence back? So I think some of the systems that we've been able to put in place have been able to like reduce ab- absenteeism and other things. And it's been, it's been really hard. I mean, all these people are going back to work and they're, they just keep going on. Okay. And then, so kind of talking about uh, the response, you know, I know that Jacobs has been leveraging its ION platform and has been doing some innovative things with how it's using that to, uh, in light of COVID. Dennis, let me, let me bring you in on this. What is the ION platform for those folks who might not be familiar with it? And, how long has Jacobs provided this solution to clients and customers? So uh, ION is an enabling uh, Internet of Things technology. We don't really think of it as, uh, as an it, but more of an enabling technology. It's data aggregation and visualization platform that allows us to connect customers, um, sensors, people, even form data and bring all of that into one combined view. Jacobs purchased the intellectual property uh, for the base of ION back in January of 2018. Mm -hmm. And over the past uh, two and a half years, we've been modernizing the technology underneath it to bring it up to standards that people expect from, from software packages today. And that continues even today. It's, it's device agnostic. We don't care about the sensors. As long as the sensor supports a protocol, 
we can ingest that protocol, ingest that data, make make that data available to the customer in their dashboard. So Micah Kreider and his development team have been hard at work bringing in new technology, bringing in new sensors, bringing in new protocols, all in support of the customer base. Uh, we inherited about 12 customers and we've grown into the uh, water industry in the Southwest United States. So mm -hmm. it's been a broad reach uh, across Jacob's customer base to try to infuse a little bit of technology with IR. Okay, and then like I, I mentioned a little earlier, I, I understand that during the pandemic, uh, you've provided ION solution enhancements with a view towards COVID-19. Can you talk about ways you're supporting COVID-19 mitigation with ION? Sure, through Sean's contacts um, with the people and place of solutions side of the business, Micah and the crew have adapted ION to provide proximity alerting mm -hmm. and contact tracing, both automated. Uh, Micah tells the great story that when some of these customers went back to work, everybody was writing down on a pad of paper who they interacted with and turning it in at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And some were blank, some had every person they saw that day, and some had Mickey Mouse and other Disney characters on it. Mm. So there was a, a, a wide range of how seriously people took it, so the customers wanted it to be automated. Mm -hmm. So through deploying wearables and connecting those wearables into ION, we can provide automated proximity alerts when you're within six feet of somebody, for example, for uh, a predefined amount of time. Then we do an automatic contact trace where we can show you everybody who you had contact with that day and then everybody that that person had contact with that day and then provide that automated tracing should there be a positive test or somebody becomes symptomatic. All of that is embedded within ION and is available directly through the customer dashboard. We also have a feature in ION that allows you to monitor the load of a room. So mm -hmm. say you've got your break room or your lunch room or a project room and you know how many people you can safely fit in there, you can configure ION with those areas and those limits and then ION will warn you when you're getting close visually and then also let you know that you've exceeded the capacity of that room. So the goal has been to provide automated technology that displays on the dashboard yet also has a historical aspect to allow you to go back and see who interacted with who should that case uh, be needed for, uh, for sickness or a positive diagnosis. Hmm, okay. And then Sean, just as a as kind of tag teaming on that, can you give us a high level overview of how the ION application assists in those contact tracing efforts on work sites? Sure. I mean, I, I think Dennis gave a, a great <laughs> overview, but what I would say is what's really important to our clients and ourselves is who has been in contact with who and who do we need to quarantine? Mm -hmm. So the way the ION platform works, we've, we've been able to really pinpoint that data in, in terms of who's been in contact with who, you know, Sean's been in contact with Paul and mm -hmm. Paul's been in contact with Dennis kind of a thing. And then we can quarantine the right people because we've had other con like construction sites where we've had to shut the whole site down and we, we've had to send, you know, maybe three, 400 people home. Where now we can pinpoint it to maybe seven or nine or 10 or whatever the number is in terms of who's been in contact with who. And then where were they in contact? 
that's another very, very important situation where ION really helps us. We know exactly where they've been in contact so that we know what cleaning protocols we need to in, in, enforce in terms of, you know, clean this room, that room, the other room. In, in the past, we've had to clean the whole site, you know, and it's been very, very difficult to try to pinpoint through verbal or, as Dennis said, the writing down, which is even worse, you know, trying to figure out who's been in contact with who. So it's, it's, it's allowed not only a, a uh, confidence of who has been in contact with who in, in case there is a positive COVID situation, but mm -hmm. also a confidence in coming back to work. So we don't really, I would say, we don't have the numbers that would prove that absenteeism has uh, gone down, but I would tell you mentally that that is a big deal mm -hmm. where the, the employees have much more confidence in what's going on now than they did before. Hmm. Okay. And then Mike, I want to bring you in on this. Uh, can you share with us how the automated algorithm aspect of ION works to support uh, the contact tracing efforts? Sure. That's a good question. Um, Building on what Dennis and Sean have told you, mm -hmm. it, it boils down to the confidence in the system and the speed right. of the data and mm -hmm. the efficiency of not shutting down an entire site. So the ION algorithm ensures that it logs for you when you are within two to three meters of somebody. Uh, it also calculates how long you are in contact with that person throughout a day. So when you get to the threshold defined by the different sites, because every site tends to have their own preferences, It'll, it generates a report so you know who your primary contacts are. And uh, most sites we've been dealing with are two to three meters for 15 consecutive minutes. So we're able to update the parameters, gather all the information together with no human intervention, and quickly generate information to the client, which helps them focus their efforts on what really needs to be quarantined or who needs to be quarantined and what needs to be sanitized. Hmm, okay, and then yeah. Okay. So, Paul, I, I'd like to expand yeah. on that just a little bit because one of the things that Jacobs is, you know, very known for is our safety and our safety approach on each site. And I would tell you that, and I think everyone would admit this, that COVID has definitely distracted us from our normal day-to-day -day safety blocking and tackling, if you will, and. I would tell you that this tool has helped us get back to that normal day to day. You know, it, it's allowed us to get back to our normal, you know, like dehydration was one of the things that the teams are worried about in, in um, Virginia and North Carolina in the States and, and in India, you know, uh, that's always a big, big deal. And I think that they've been able to get back to that day to day. What do we need to deal with today? besides COVID, because COVID's always there, but I think this tool helps us get by it. Hmm. Okay, and then, Mike, how does ION meet the need for geographically dispersed asset location monitoring? Uh, good question, yeah, the, um, not that people are necessarily typically referred to as a, an asset, but it's the same idea uh, tracking people in these sites as it is when we're tracking equipment, uh, whether it be rental equipment, uh, material needed to build a, a facility that you're working on. ION's able to grab the data in from a variety of different sources, 
doesn't matter whether we're using a GPS, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, LoRaWAN, uh, ultra wideband, and we're able to pull all that together on a centralized dashboard so that you can see not only where your people are, but where your assets are. We've got some assets uh, that we're tracking in Texas that are supposed to be in Texas, but they can, they can zoom further out on their map and see that some of them while they're in Texas are about two hours away. And there's actually a few of them that showed up in New York last week when I looked. So it, it's, it, it gives them the ability to not just know that they have stuff, but mm -hmm. know where their stuff, their equipment and their people and their materials are. Okay. Okay. And then Sean, I, you know, kind of digging in a little deeper on the, uh, the changes that ION has undergone in light of COVID-19. You know, from what I understand, it's, ION's been in operation for over a decade. But what changes has it undergone recently that make it ideally suited for addressing COVID-19? That's a really good question. I mean, there's a lot of different products out there that are trying to solve this quote-unquote contact tracing and social distancing problem. And what was really, really, really interesting about this deployment was we, you know, we have this tool called ION, and its original use case was not for uh, contact tracing or social distancing, but the team was able to coalesce around this use case and really deploy it from a standpoint of construction managers and safety uh, professionals where, you know, I I'm just going to Paul, I'm going to throw a name out there at Oracle, you know, you would get a bunch of software engineers who didn't really know how a construction site or a, how we handle safety on a site. What's been really enlightening to me is the fact that the team was telling and the client was telling the programmers exactly what they wanted to, to see every day. Mm -hmm. So you, you actually had a real use case of, hey, I've got this issue. I need you to help me. How do you help me? And it wasn't uh, software engineers trying to interpret how to do that. It was construction professionals and safety professionals telling our developers how to actually develop it exactly for what the client wanted. So, mm -hmm. Paul, to me, that was, I mean, that's just uh, a huge huge benefit where we have I think just like a better angle than than others where or, or just a better offering you know to be able to add more value where our competitors in this space on in terms of software mm -hmm. they just don't have that intrinsic knowledge yeah so it's that domain expertise you really can bring that yeah. to bear and tailor it to a client's needs so what are some of those use cases that you know you, you're well, seeing uh, so, so what I would say is is you know, our HSC team and the client really came up with, you know, all right, so how many uh, interactions do we have in a day? Mm -hmm. How, like, where are they happening so that we can make sure that if we, you know, if it's the lay down yard, that might be acceptable because a lot of people are meeting in the lay down yard. But if it's in the, you know, lab room number two, then maybe we just need to tweak our, our work processes. The other things were just around safety really a max occupancy, you know, how do we use this tool proactively to say that, all right, we had too many people in the lunch tent on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. How do we change that? 
And I don't, I, I just don't think others would be able to provide that, you know, kind of forward looking proactiveness that, that we were able to. Hmm, yeah, okay. and, and Sean, I think you nailed it right on the head. I mean, the reach back that we're able to do cross line of business for this project has been unprecedented in anything that I've worked on. And to your point, I don't think there's many companies that have that kind of breadth of knowledge across and the ability to tap into it quickly and efficiently deploy a solution. Yeah, so that's that's a really good point. I mean, we had to, we were struggling with the the supply chain, uh, Paul. But at the same time, we received we we actually sent the client a proposal on June seventeenth, and we were moderately, I, I would say, operational on the the uh, band perspective. Uh, we were fully operational in one month, which is. It's really hard to get these products right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Mike, what are what are uh, some early adopters? What are they among your clients? What are they saying about the use of this technology? That's, that's a very important uh, topic. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, when you go to a lot of these sites, you're, you're dealing with construction personnel, and the initial knee jerk response is, "I don't want you tracking me. I don't want that stuff on my arm. I don't want you uh, knowing what I'm doing all day." So to help alleviate some of those concerns, we worked um, with, with the PMPS side and with the Merck attorneys, and we came up with how the data was going to be used and how it was going to be collected. So the technology we settled on here does not allow the workers to be tracked once they leave the site. It, it anonymizes everything that's coming in. There's not many people in the system who has have the ability to see true names. So really the only personnel would be the ones that would need to do an investigation in case somebody tests positive because you're going to need exact names. In addition to that, we had to explain exactly what we were going to use the data for. We ensured, we assured them that it's going to be just for contact tracing um, and to know the locations that need to be sanitized if an incident occurs. So with that information in hand, and we take it to the, to the, to the clients and to the workers on site who are obviously distrusting of any uh, tracking technologies, mm -hmm. that has really helped us be able to get this delivered to the site with less pushback than uh, one may have expected in some other type of situations where you're tracking people. So uh, since we've been very transparent on everything that we're doing, the response has been much better when it comes to that. I, I would say a majority of the personnel are using the, the technology on a daily basis, if not 100% of them. Micah, Micah brings up a good point, which is transparency. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I think we've been 100% transparent all the way through with our client and our subcontractors and our own employees. And that's, that's the key. Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you all about that kind of like how you can avoid bottlenecks. Get in front of it. Yeah, so it's Get really it. yeah, so so we have another deployment actually coming up mm -hmm. uh, in Pennsylvania. We've talked to the client. We've talked to her. Actually, in this particular situation, we are not uh, doing any engineering or construction. We're just deploying Ion, and it's one of our competitors that's the construction manager and. We've just been very upfront with them and told them what it does and what it can't do. And they've called all of the partners that, that are involved. And, you know, so far, everyone's said, yes, this is a good thing. We just want to keep our people safe. Okay. So on, on the other side of the coin, and just because people may ask, you know, but obviously data privacy is a big concern. 
And of course. So, so how does Ion, you know, you, you, Mike had mentioned like anonymization of the data, but how does Ion protect individual data privacy and yet ensure relevant health information is shared with decision makers and those responsible so that's, for roadside That's safety? a really good question. And uh, Micah, I'll start and then you can jump in. I mean, I think, all right, so the first thing that we did was we only allow one person on each project site to have information with names, meaning no one else really knows. They, they know it's a Jacobs 156 badge or a 256 badge or you know, what have you mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the connection. So that's all anonymized. And the one person that does have that information knows that there are certain laws that are involved, one being HIPAA and then the other being just personal data. So the personal data, we, we, you know, we, we went through it with our own lawyers and our clients' lawyers, and we feel like we've solved that. But then the HIPAA issue is that if anyone has a positive case, they cannot tell anyone that, you know, that Sean's been in contact with Paul Thies. It's mm -hmm. Sean's been in contact with someone that's had a positive case. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, our, you know, the workers kind of reverse engineer it because they know they've been in in, you know, close contact with this person or, or that person, but that's how we handle that. Most of the data privacy concerns is we do not ever disclose who has COVID-19 number one. And then the other issue is that all of it is uh, anonymized. Hmm. Micah, anything you want to add? Definitely. Um, we, we also make sure that any data that's even being collected, mm -hmm. um, no third parties have access to that data at all when it's tied to a person, all the data is encrypted when it's stored on the servers. Uh, as, as Sean had mentioned, there's role-based access to get into the system and based on your role depends on what you can and cannot see. And, and there's the physical, physical security of where everything's stored. So, I mean, we've definitely made security a yeah. prime focus on what we're delivering to the sites. Hmm. Yeah. And I would just say one thing, Micah, we, so uh, we've deployed this on many sites. So, I mean, there's been a lot of demand on getting this software out there. And, and what I would say is there's been very little pushback because, you know, we go back to the, what I'll call it is health confidence. Mm -hmm. How confident is this person coming to work that you as the employer handled what we need to handle in terms of social distancing and making sure that others are, you know, if there's someone that's sick, that they're at home. I think that we've improved that, not uh, declined it. Hmm. Okay. And then my last question for today is, is kind of a where do we go from here type of question. And, and I'll, I'll start with you, Micah and Sean, of course, feel free to add in as, as you see fit. But as conditions change in real time, how does the ION platform contend with those changes in data and ensure consistent and accurate reporting? Sure. A uh, very important question in these times. So one thing when ION has been um, developed and expanded upon since Jacobs has owned it is we've made sure to stay uh, agnostic of any hardware that's out there. We're not in the hardware game. Uh, we use other hardware vendors to pull in the data that we need. So as we're on a site and the technologies change and the conditions change at the site, let's say they put in some walls that make the technology stop working, we're able to quickly adapt to another hardware solution or even a completely different hardware provider uh, and tie that into the same system and have the exact same results displayed that we're that we're given on day one so 
we've we've made sure that we don't tie ourselves too tightly into any one other company so we can stay flexible and agile. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I can see that, you know, if you're not tied to a physical asset like to a hardware, but if, you know, a software will allow you that that agility. Uh Sean, do you any anything else further to that in terms you know, of like I, I would just kind of agree with Micah. I mean that's that's been a Jacob's mantra since the start of the company. I mean, we've always tried to be at the same seat, you know, or, or same side of the table with our clients and picking the technology of what we want to go forward with. We don't want to be biased towards one or the other. I think this agnostic stance allows us to continue that, you know, philosophy where, you know, if we have a client that wants to choose Siemens or Honeywell or whatever, whatever the platform is, we're able to work with it and, and really give them a, an educational response as opposed to a sale uh, where, you know, the, the sale would be, no, you should use our product because of A, B, and C. No, we're, we're in the game of saying, this is the best product out there. Let's use it together because we're on a platform. And I think that that in itself just, I think it resonates with our customers and, you know, I think it will continue to resonate. Excellent. Well, Sean, Micah, and Dennis, I want to thank you all very much for, for talking to me today about what Jacobs is doing at, at, on the work site, especially leveraging its ion platform. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Paul.